Hi, in this session, uh, session three, on the subject of this of times and seasons, and there are times and seasons for all of us in our lives. I'm in a season of a little bit of older age, uh, getting a little slower in thinking, but nonetheless, the times that God has chosen for us and the seasons, and while we are changing and everything around us is changing, the wonderful thing is that God is the only, the one and only thing that is immutable. He never changes. I am the Lord, I change not. It's one of the great theological truths, the immutability, immutability of, of God. He is the one and only thing that never changes. In all of life, from its beginning to the end, for all of us and all of creation, actually. Everything else is in the flux and changing. So I want us to read a few verses here this morning. I'm going to go, I'm actually going to skip a few verses of this book of Ecclesiastes and I'll come back to the one, the verses I'm skipping. But I want to talk about the, from the, uh, the, the sixth or the seventh verse uh, in this session. But let me start by just saying again, reading this again. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven. I'm going down to the seventh verse. There's a time to tear. There's a time to mend. A time to be silent. And this is what I want to speak about today. And a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. That's going to be interesting because I'd like to touch that one. Is it ever right for a Christian to hate? Possibly we'll look at this in the next session or the one after. And there's a time for war and a time for peace. Verse 11 says, And God has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the hearts of men, yet they cannot fathom what God has done from beginning to end, the mystery that will always be there until we meet Jesus Christ face to face. So let's have a look at some of this now. And there's going to be a few of the verses that I want to speak about from Proverbs chapter 18 and some of the other chapters of the book of Proverbs that I'd like you to look with, up with me. But there's a time to speak and there's a time to be silent. And it's unfortunately so few of us seem to get this right. Too often we speak when we shouldn't and we quiet when we shouldn't be quiet. So I'm hoping that God will help us today to catch his heart for the times we're living in, the seasons that we're going through, and to know when we should speak and when not to speak, to clear up some of the confusion in our hearts and minds uh, that somehow has crept into the body of Christ and into the hearts and lives of so many of God's people's leaders included. So, Proverbs chapter 18, let's just read uh, a few verses out of Proverbs 18. We'll just skip around the book of Proverbs a bit here and there. But in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21, it says uh, this, The tongue has the power of life and death. The tongue has the power of life and death. And those who love it will eat its fruits. And then we go to chapter 12, Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 6. Proverbs 12, verse 6, and listen to what the Word of God says. I'm hoping you're looking up this with me. It says, The words of the wicked lie in wait for blood, but the speech of the upright rescues them. But the speech of the upright rescues them. The power 
of our words, the power of what we say. Proverbs 18, verses 6 and 7, we just could quickly have a look at that in our Bibles. Proverbs 18, verses 6 and 7, I'll read them to you and make a couple of comments. It says, a fool's lips bring him strife, and his mouth invites a beating. A fool's mouth is his undoing, and his lips are a snare to his soul. The words of a gossip are like choice mortals. And so it goes so much about the, our words. So foolish talk can cause us immeasurable strife, grief, harm, catastrophe, calamity, just by our words. That's why I like to be face-to-face -face with people because sometimes when you speak over a, a, a phone or even sometimes when you send emails and um, small message servicing type messages, you can get yourself into all kinds of strife. Sometimes just to be with people, it can help for them to hear your heart more than just the words. But nonetheless, we're talking about words today, the way we speak. Some people just seem to speak too much. They love to hear the sound of their own voices. Part of the problem is that most of the people that love the sound of their own voices don't actually understand that. And God will take us through a season where those words will get us into so, many, so much trouble so that he can help us to bring us into a season where words become helpful, not harmful. So you've got to have a heart that says, Lord, I want my words to be helpful, not harmful. Some people not only talk too much, but some people seem to say the, the, the wrong thing at the wrong time. They just don't know how to read the situation. Other people even say sometimes the right things, but at the wrong time. Again, we're not reading the room properly. We don't understand. We're not letting God speak to us. We're not listening. We just want to talk. Proverbs 10, 19 says, The when words are many, sin is not absent. When words are many, people who speak too much, sin is going to be there. But he who holds his tongue is wise. God help us. Please make us wise. Proverbs 21, 23 says, He who guards his mouth and his tongue keeps himself from calamity. Proverbs 17, 28 says, Even a fool is thought wise if he keeps silent and discerning if he holds his tongue. Proverbs 15, 23 says, A man finds joy in giving an apt reply, and how good is a timely word. So God wants our words to be timely, that, that can bring joy, apt replies. I don't know how it is, but I, sometimes I find this for myself too. We often feel we've got to say something, when sometimes all that people need is just a listening ear in grief, loss, confusion. Sometimes they just want to have someone to speak, uh, to listen to them. And not just to be speaking and speaking. So so often we just feel like we have to say something. And that's not helpful. Even in prayer, you know, this, this is an amazing thing. Sometimes I catch myself and I have to say, whoa, Lord, help me here. But even in prayer, we just never seem to give God a chance to speak. We just speak on and speak on and speak on. And Psalm 46 and verse 10 says, be still and know that I am God. 
I think that when we go into our devotional times, whatever you want to call it, when you're spending some time alone with God, sometimes we just need to spend a little bit of time knowing God. Just be still and know who He is, what He is, His power, before we begin to speak. Then can I just move on and say, while well, we're talking about speech, don't try to justify yourself or defend yourself. We can use words to do that, and all it does is mess it up even more. You know, Jesus, when he was accused, uh, you can read in Matthew chapter 27, verses 11 to 14, when his accusers and then the judge, the uh, pilot, says to him, listen to what all these people are saying. Why don't you justify yourself? Jesus actually just kept quiet. Isaiah 53, verse 7, which is an incredible verse for me, because it says when he... Uh, he was led as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before his shearers is done, so he opened not his mouth. I remember going through a horrendous time for Anne and I in a church, when the whole church seemed to be turning against us. Some of the people in the leadership had been talking about us and spreading rumors about us. And uh, people would come to me and say, this guy is saying this about you. What's the truth? Tell us your side of the story. And I... I just felt God, and, and also we both got this separately from God, this Isaiah 53 verse 7, uh, as, a, as, a, as a lamb as led to the slaughter, so he opened not his mouth. God gave us that word, and we just said we've got nothing to say. We'll just leave it with God. And God brought us through that and repaired that situation and blessed us. So we've got the example of Jesus. Don't try to justify yourself. Jesus never sinned. And yet he did not try to justify himself. And so often, our seeking to justify ourselves, even in leadership, we just make it worse. I'm hesitant to say this, but I found, even more recently, just a couple of, within a couple of days ago, I was talking to leaders, some leaders, you talk to them and, and you just begin to, share with you, them what God's doing in your life and they just shut you down and just go straight back to what they're doing and their church is doing, how great they are, they can't listen. So there's a time to be silent. I wasn't trying to boast. I just trying to just share Christ and his dealings with me and I just get shut down. Don't be one of those kind of people. Or one of those kind of leaders. There's also a time when we must speak. Not only time to be silent, but there's a time also to, for when we should speak. Speak about Jesus. Speak about our faith in Christ. In Acts chapter 4, verses seven, uh, 9, is, is it 17 to 20? You remember uh, the, the apostles are told they're not allowed to speak in the name of Jesus anymore. And they said, listen... No matter what you think, we, we've got no option but to speak. Read it for yourself in Acts chapter 4. I've got a chair, but I want to move on. I, I want to move to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18 as well, quickly. Um, and then go to, to 1 Peter chapter 3, just so that we can have a look at some of the stuff that the Word of God is saying about our speech and time, that there are times to speak. In uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and the 17th verse, uh, verse 18, it says this.
All of this is from God, who has reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed to us this message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. As we speak, as we live, as we open our mouths, as we share the gospel, as we share the truth, as we share Christ, God, as though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. And so that goes on. And then in 1 Peter chapter 3, if I can get there quickly, it says this in 1 Peter 3 verse 15, um, talking about the tongue again. But in your hearts, set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. So there are times we have to be silent and there are times we must speak. So we speak, first of all, about our faith in Christ. There's another area we need to speak against injustice. You can read for yourself in Isaiah chapter 1 verse 17, in Isaiah chapter 10 verses 1 through to 3, we're to speak against injustice. There's so much injustice around today. We can't turn a blind eye to that. I, I know the times that I've seen people wanting to beat up people. I've even seen police pe policemen wanting to beat up underprivileged people. And I've stepped in and said, whoa, wait a minute. Got myself into trouble. But there is a time we've got to just speak up for injustice. There's also a time to, to glorify God. So look at Psalm 34 verse 1. When we just speak out and glorify God. Psalm, Psalm 34 verse 1. Luke chapter 19 verses 37 to 40. I'm just looking at the time. I want to read these scriptures. But I'm trusting you will read them for yourself. Just remember what James said. In James chapter 3 verses 1 to 12. And I think I should just actually quickly try and read those few verses to you. The book of James. Um, chapter. Where am I here? James chapter 3, and we're going to look at verses 1 to the first 12 verses, if you, if you don't mind reading those with me. Uh, sorry, I just missed the page again. James chapter 3 says this, Not many of you should presume to be teachers, my brothers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. Thus, words construct terror into your heart. We who teach, we who are preachers, we who are in leadership, and every leader must be able to teach. But we who preach or teach should be, will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. If anyone is ne never at fault in, any, in what he says, he's a perfect man, able to keep his whole body in check. When we, we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. I'll take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they're steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. 
It corrupts the whole person, sets the whole course of his life on fire and in, is itself set on fire by hell. It goes on and tells us about all of the, we can tame all these other things, but but the tongue, no man can uh, no man can tame the tongue. It's a restless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue we praise our God, our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the image in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a spring, a salt spring, produce fresh water. So while James, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is acknowledging that the tongue is not an easy thing to tame, as you read this portion, you see that giving it to God, for God to control it, we can actually tame it. So, we speak against injustice, we speak to glorify God, we speak about our faith in Jesus Christ. So can I ask you, just as I try to bring this to a close now, try to remember to reread the situation the term that's thrown around quite a lot, read the room. See whether, is this when I should speak? Is this when I shouldn't speak? Help me to hold my tongue. Help, help me to speak when I should, God, please. So do we speak life or do we speak death? Do we build up or do we wreck? From the pulpit, we can build up. That's what we're supposed to do. That's what we're called to do. But from the pulpit, we can also wreck lives because we can have barbs, shoot barbs at people. We can make people feel uncomfortable. I, I have lived through this for, for decades. People standing up there and I know they're having a go at me. While the people have to sit there and listen, they're having a go at me to bring me down and exalt themselves. Build people up. Don't bring them down. If you've got anything you need to say to someone, go alone first to your brother and talk to him privately. So Colossians chapter 4 verse 6 says, let your conversation always be always full of grace seasoned with salt so that you may know how to answer everyone. So let your conversation always be full of grace seasoned with salt, tasty, attractive. Ephesians 4 29 says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your, your mouth but only what is helpful for building others up <clears throat> so that it may benefit those who listen. I want to close with a very important portion of the Word of God that I read this morning in my devotional time, just being alone with God. And that's why I think partly why I switched to go to the sixth verse, uh, sixth verse this morning and not just carry on with... Uh, Ecclesiastes in its logical order there. Paul says this, in, and I, I was just reading in the, uh, the Message Bible this morning, Paul says this in 2 Timothy chapter 2 um, and verse 1. 2 Timothy chapter 2, I'm going to read the first two verses and then go to verse um, 14, just for the sake of time. He says this, So my son, throw yourself into this work for Christ, Pass on, 
Pass on what you have heard from me. The whole congregation saying, Amen. Amen. To pass on to reliable leaders who are competent to teach others. And then if you go down to the 14th verse, he says this, Repeat these basic essentials over and over to God's people. Warn them before God against using against pious nitpicking, which chips away at the faith. It just wears everyone out. Concentrate on doing your best for God, work you won't be ashamed of, laying out truth plain and simple. Stay clear of pious talk that is only talk. Now listen to this. Words are not mere words, you know. If they are not backed by a godly life, they accumulate as poison in the souls. When I read that, I thought, God, if they're not backed by a holy life, they accumulate poison. Well, God has given us a mouth and God has called us to share the gospel. He's made us witnesses. He's called us to be ambassadors. For some of us, he's called us to teach and preach the word of God. For all of us, he's told, called us to be witnesses, to share our faith. Let's do it in a wise way. And let's be those who, we don't only share our faith and when our words are good because we're now sharing our faith, but who live with a seasoned tongue, speaking grace, knowing that our words can encourage, build up, spur people on and stop by the grace of God with his help stop pulling people down at every level always may God help us may he help me may he help us God bless you Father please we need you so desperately we want to just offer our words to you, our hearts to you, our mouths to you, all the instruments of our body, and say, use them for your glory. We never want them to be given so that the devil can use them. Help us to just be all out for you in word, thought, and deed. May the words of my mouth be pleasing unto you and the meditation of my heart. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless. Jesus, love.